Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, about 13 or 14 minutes, but it keeps us in God's Word, keeps us focused on a relationship with God, upon our spiritual lives, helps us to stay strong in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Share these short studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means so that you can help somebody else grow in their faith and come closer to God and maybe even get to heaven. A great blessing for them, but also for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today. We're going to begin a new line of thought and study. And this is one that is, well, some people might say it's, it's rather deep when you start to think about the real message within it, but it's a message of self-examination, but not just the want a self-examination on the part of the individual, but upon the part of humanity as a whole. I want us to think about what is man's own worst enemy? Maybe what is your own worst enemy as you make the personal application? And of course, if we're talking about humanity as a whole, then we're, we, all, we always need to make that personal. Okay, what does this mean to me? How does it apply to me? So what is mankind's own worst enemy? And what is your own worst enemy? It's really kind of easy to conclude, isn't it? Man's own worst enemy is himself. Your own worst enemy, potentially, is yourself, depending on how you live your life as a human being in this physical world. Now, how did God create mankind? And I'm talking about every human being from the beginning of time until now. In Genesis chapter 1, beginning with verse 26, God said, and he had already gone through the process of creating everything else that we see around us, including all of plant life and all of animal life, with the exception of mankind. And so God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. Oh my. You talk about man being created with a lofty identity, with a lofty character, created in the very image of God, in that God created man, you and me and all of humanity, from that beginning of time for mankind until now, with a soul, with a spiritual being within our physical bodies, a spiritual identity that goes along with and gives meaning to our physical identity. God created us in his image. And notice now, he said that mankind was to have dominion over all of the rest of the animal life, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. 
We are unique from everything else that God created, including every other living thing that God created. Nothing was created like we are. And so there's that lofty identity, that lofty character and nature, distinct from, unique from everything else that we see around us. Why does man mess up so much? We are our own worst enemy. The psalmist wrote similarly in Psalm 8, beginning with verse 3. And the psalmist, he's pondering. He is reflecting here. When he writes, When I consider your heavens, speaking of God, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, God created everything we see and everything that's beyond what we can physically see within the universe. The psalmist goes on and he says, so when I consider all of that, the works of your hands, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. God created mankind, you and me and all of humanity, again, with a special identity, with a special character and nature in that we are created in God's own image, with a soul, with that spiritual essence. Well, so how do we think about this in connection with the theme of our particular line of thought and study? Man is his own worst enemy. You see, life is not casual. It could be said it is causal. The Greeks, oh, in their, their history of mythology, they invented a goddess named Nemesis. Now, they believed Nemesis watched everybody's behavior. When a person did a wrong deed, Nemesis immediately pursued that person. This goddess of vengeance was lame, so she moved slowly. But she never failed to catch her victim, for while he slept, she still pursued him. Once she found the trail of the wrongdoer, Nemesis always paid vengeance. It's interesting, that's mythology, but there's a principle involved there that we understand in reality. Paul, the apostle, wrote, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. Now, the law of sowing and reaping, that is also called variously the law of cause and effect. Now, farmer, he wants to reap a harvest. He has to sow the seed months before so that the crop can grow, so that it will produce the harvest that he wants to 
that he wants to gather in? Well, the law of cause and effect, the law of sowing and reaping. It's also called the law of retribution, retaliation, and the law of compensation. We might say a law of consequences based upon how we've lived our lives when you apply it to human beings. Holiness is ultimately the harvest of, when you think about it from a spiritual perspective, the law of sowing and reaping, the law of cause and effect, the law of judgment upon the sinner. Holiness is the harvest. God created us in his image with a soul so that we can live a holy life before him. And it's not just the idea that God is the puppet master. He's the marionette. He wants to control our every actions. No, he wants us to live in his image because he wants us to be with him in heaven for all of eternity. We are to be his people if we will live according to his guidance and his creation, the character that he instilled within us. Holiness is a harvest of sowing to the spirit. Sin is the harvest of sowing to the flesh. Corruption means decay, disintegration, excuse me, and degeneration. The evil harvest of sin and the good harvest of righteousness follow as surely as sowing any kind of seed that will produce any kind of fruit or vegetable or any other kind of crop in the field. If a person sows to the flesh, In other words, worldly, sinful, wicked, even evil practices, he's going to reap a harvest that's going to be produced according to that kind of lifestyle. And the ultimate consequence of that is eternal condemnation in hell. Going to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7 through 9, cut off from the presence of God, eternal darkness, torment, always. Another description is in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, Revelation 21 and verse 8. Well, so that's the consequence. That's the ultimate harvest. That's the, the ultimate compensation of living a life of wickedness, sinfulness. And some people might say, well, well, okay, yeah, I understand. I you know, I, I commit sins, but I'm not wicked. Sinfulness is wickedness. Don't try to euphemize it away. Now, the opposite of that is the person who lives the righteous life before God, living according to his teachings. That person looks forward to the harvest, to the compensation, to the reward, to the result, the consequence and that's eternal life with God in heaven, eternal life. The wages of sin is death, the apostle Paul wrote, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, we can make all kinds of excuses. We can point all kinds of fingers of blame all around us in all kinds of directions, but ultimately, we are our own worst enemy. 
we need to come to grips with that reality. We're going to stop. Let's pray. Father in heaven, help us to look into the mirror of your word and examine our own lives. Recognize that you have created us special because we are created in your image and that you created us to be with you for all of eternity in heaven. Help us to recognize as we look into the mirror of your word where we mess up, where we sin. Help us to repent. Motivate us, please, and to come to you for forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Please defeat the devil and help us to not succumb to his allurements. Please, Father, we pray. Please forgive us, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.